As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch Redeeming Love. Redeeming Love. So, Mikey, why? First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> why? <laughs> Strap in and welcome to Mr. Mikey's Wild Ride. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, that's the same thing he says before he enters you. <laughs> oh. Why okay. is there a devil in here? <laughs> Close your eyes and picture this. I have a girl over. Actually, so I just learned today that I can't close my eyes and picture anything. I'm not <laughs> having this conversation. I don't even. Want, I don't want to cuss. I'm trying to cuss less, and you're like really testing me. <laughs> Do you want me to bleep just that one so mom you better, can listen? Yeah. You're gonna have yeah. to wait until I'll later in this it. episode when I have a note in my episode notes to make a joke about picturing things in your mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's like a third, fourth date. Somebody I've been dating. Oh, let's let's come over. Let's do takeout. Watch a movie. Mikey, at this point in the relationship, had you consummated it? Yes, we have had relations. Okay. I don't really see how that's revel- no, relevant to no, the story. It's that makes so it relevant. so much more worse for me, but please continue. <laughs> so then on Peacock, it's like, oh, there's this new romantic movie out. It <laughs> came out on Peacock? Yes. It was streaming on Peacock at the time. All right. Uh-huh. It was like joint theater. I mean, this is a Mikey movie. This is a movie that swings very hard with yes. very serious actors. <laughs> and, and then, okay, we, we're eating we're eating like pasta. Ooh. We're like watching the movie. Mikey likes to carb up before a night of amore. <laughs> This movie. She's slobbing on his noodles. No, 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 no. Y'all, this movie. This movie ended. This ended the dating relationship. Wait, this ended the relationship? Because this movie throws trauma at you so fast. Yes. It's so hard. Mikey! That it's like a Milgram's experiment where I, I just started involuntary laughing every other scene. I scream laughed during probably one of the most upsetting plot points of this film. It goes so far off the rails that I spit food out on this day when like, when I was like, is that her dad? And then it just flaps out and then he has a gun to his head. And then I was like, 
Like, it was fucking, I was laying in bed watching this and I sat up like to attention and was immediately paying attention to everything going on around me. I could not believe what my eyes had seen. I lost my mind. I was screaming at the television. There's, there's going to be a trigger warning. Let me tell you those at home. These are very serious. Like suicide is a very serious topic. Yeah. Sex trafficking, serious topic. Sex sure. work, child abuse. Um, Everything you could do a trigger warning for, it needs to be done. Because yeah. this movie has it all. And I take all of those so serious. But this movie throws them at you in such a... I don't even know how to describe. So it's a, like you're a human at a vampire baseball batting practice. I, <laughs> not since the room have serious plot points been chucked away as if they were nothing. <laughs> so cavalierly. I was like, what? Like, like it starts out and he's like, God told me that she's mine. I was like, well, that's a little troublesome. And that's the least troublesome part that's the of least the whole troublesome part of this movie. Honestly, I was so mad at that moment. And that was the least mad I was while watching this entire <laughs> movie. My madness was cre crescendoed out from there. I don't know if you guys noticed. They introduce no one. No. They never give people's names. They just like people run through a scene, shout something at a main character, and then they are fucking gone. Yeah. And you never know anything else about them. She got so upset that I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, we're still talking about your date. My bad. Yeah. No, at a certain point, it was just so crazy that I was just like, I can't comprehend. And they throw a lot of money at the film and a lot of like. No, they don't. <laughs> we will talk about it. They got McSteamy coming in. It's like. Yeah, McSteamy's not doing shit else. Paige, when I tell you the budget to this movie, you will want to punch somebody. I'm sure. But I also know that like to do this right, you would have had to spend a lot more money than they did. It's got the main character from. What's that movie we liked? Oh, not Tom Hardy. Yes. Yeah, faux Tom Hardy's in this. You're thinking of Karen Kusama's The Invitation, which is a very good movie, and this is a very bad movie. <laughs> He's in this. I mean, it ends well, I guess. What? No, it doesn't. I mean, she opened that like house that helps people. I don't think she opened it. I think she joined it. Yeah, she just like joined it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't the know. movie doesn't give us information. <laughs> people love this book, apparently. Oh, I have shit to talk about the book in a second, but go ahead. I am guessing it's like a very long book or whatever but if you parse down books to just major plot points and every major plot point is like over the top traumatic sexual assault yes, yes. <laughs> then your movie is gonna look weird but Go, i also yeah. really liked as michael gets his at the end where she's like well damn it you did love me and i hurt you and i just wanted to apologize and i was like that's what needs to happen to all michaels <laughs> all these girls I need doubt. to come back i doubt that they need to come back and they need to say i don't think that's I'm sorry, the case i hurt you, you so much you didn't even make that girl a quesadilla <laughs> <laughs> what if all the girls showed up the same night and did it they were like, Michael, I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be a good horror movie. Like weird stuff like that starts it happening. It would be. Like Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. Like if that was an actual horror movie. <laughs> I'm like, how do they know where I live? <laughs> but Mikey, I'm guessing your date that night had either read the book or seen the movie. And you laughing at it, that like that was the problem? Well, let's talk about my mom. 
who was big okay. mad I picked this movie. Why? She was like, that's supposed to be about agape love. And I was like, first off. It is not to... about unconditional love. We will talk about it in just a second. <laughs> because he doesn't know her before he, he loves her. He doesn't know her at all. And, and it is based on a on a biblical story that I'm sure is lacking a lot of context. There is no point in this movie where she has any agency of her own at all, really. Yeah. So she is jumping from literally like a bad She's situation to another bad situation. Yeah. What are you talking about? Are you saying that when you marry someone who's beaten into unconsciousness and that's the only time they agree to marry you, that that's bad? Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh. I am saying that's bad. I'm saying there's most of this movie is bad. I will say, best western town name ever, Pair of Dice. That drove me nuts. I hated that they spelled it out in the subtitles. I was like, just stop. And that it wasn't Pair of, it was Pair of, Pair of Dice. Yeah. But not Paradise, Pair of Dice. It's not just the subtitles, Todd. They, they, they put that in the bottom of the screen, even without the subtitles, every time you go back to the town. Yeah, and if you have your subtitles in the lower third, you yeah. just can't read the subtitles because the mm-hmm. words are there. I did love that Angel's mom died of what I am just going to assume is the sex worker disease like Fontaine and Lamez. <laughs> I mean, it's I think it's basically cholera. Yeah, probably. Uh, but but also that's probably what killed Fontaine as well. Like if we want to get into and it. And that yeah. the girl who played that was from the Vampire Nina Dobrev. Diary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. yeah, she came on the screen. I was like, Nina Dobrev's in this? The girl in charge of the saloon, that was Fameek Johnson, wasn't it? F- Famka Jensen. I can't say her name. <laughs> I knew who he was talking about. But also, one of the other girls in the brothel it plays uh, Michelle on Dairy, yeah, Girls. Dairy Girls. And yeah, I was like, she's great yes. in that. And then they were like, of the two girls that burned down in the house, I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Is Michael Hosea the weirdest main character I've ever experienced? Maybe. Yes, and also, and this is just a weird note, if you're going to have a farm boy, you have to, like, there has already been the perfect romance movie farm boy in Wesley of Princess Bride. Yes. So you better come fucking correct if you're going to be like, this lowly farm boy. He better look like young Carrie Elwes, or why are we even having this conversation? He better be yelling as you wish from the mountaintop. Yes. When the other girls are like, who's that tall drink of water? And I was like, they're not talking about Michael Jose. He looks like a child. No, they're not talking about this guy that looks like any dude at the grocery store. <laughs> the only reason he stands out he's in the, town is because he's the only one without a huge fuck off beard. He's also and the, the only, only one, one who, has who washes showered. his face. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Hosea, who discovered water first. This is like an Outlander. Where it's like the hottest man in Scotland because <laughs> he just showered. There's a lot to hate about this movie. But for me, it's like this super toxic reminder of like how I grew up that I hate so much. So I, yeah. there's a lot for me to hate in this movie. Well, let I mean, let me dig into the romance novelness of this okay. for a little bit, because like up to a certain point, most historical romance novels were like this. Gross. They still there are still some written that way. And here's the thing about romance novels. They are meant to be a compilation of tropes that accomplish a certain goal as far as kinkery, if you want to think of it that way, where it's like, like you pick the stuff that you want to read about. It's a safe way to explore fantasies that's not in real life that you don't have to actually live out. Right. So like, hey, read what you want to read. I got no beef. I'm going to steal kinkery, by the way. I just got to say kinkery? that. I love it. That's amazing. Assorted kinkeries. <laughs> now, 
these types of romance novels now inspirational ones are almost always a somehow they like concoct a scheme for them to get married so that any sex you depict in the book is considered okay and anything outside that marriage is the worst thing in the world um but also this is by francine rivers who actually this was an incredibly popular book but also she had a hit with a book called the last sin eater which is supposedly also really good i have read neither this is not really my style. I mean, my personal tastes in romance novels tend smuttier, even when they are historical. So I tend to uh, stay away from inspirational r- romance novels, which is what they call these. They're just vaguely religious, essentially. This one is meant to be the story of Hosea. It's, I don't, I don't know. This is the kind of stuff I used to read in high school when I didn't have as many options. Yeah. But yeah, because of that, there's a lot of, it's very damsel in distressy. Yeah. And it's very like those books really do tend to use sexual assault or the threat of sexual assault to move plot lines along a lot. And the air quotes goal at the end of those books is almost always either marriage and children. Like, yeah, that's a whole thing. So it's very, very stuck in those tropes, which like in a crazy romance novel where you know that's what you're in for and you signed up for it because you bought the book, it kind of makes sense and it's not as jarring. But in movie form, you're just like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Who greenlit this? I don't, yeah. You know, you can change things from book to movie, but. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away with like how bad it looked, like on screen, how bad it looked. Yeah. Like whoever color corrected this, this is super nitpicky. They did a horrible job. The tint is way too high on some scenes to where she yes. looks like she's a redhead. And in other scenes, she looks like she's, she's a blonde. blonde. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Wild. So it's like, it's like all over the place. Like, like pick a color palette, nerd. Well, and a huge section of the color correction, she has, and and we used to like make fun of a guy that we knew in college who just in real life looked like this, where your hair is the same color as your skin. So you <laughs> kind of look like you're just all one color. Yeah. Uh, and that very much happens a lot in this movie. It's the ghost nipples of the face. Yeah. It's also probably because the contrast isn't turned up high enough, but whatever. It's yes. fine. Well, because they're trying to soft focus her at every yes. chance they get. Yeah. I mean, no joke. Natalie did a 54-hour film festival like two or three weekends ago. That looked better than this did. Right. <laughs> and that's like a local sort of a thing. Like <laughs> This movie also uses projected backdrops so much. Yeah. And they're so obvious because they're out of like the the scale is wrong. And so you just like can't but avoid I love it. You just you can just love immediately it. see it. You were like, this movie looks fuck? like it's made in the 50s. <laughs> but on your mom's DSLR camera. No, it, it literally jumps from like Hallmark level to like weird fucking crazy ass trauma level back and forth over and over again. It, it is so jarring and weird and bizarre. I just had to have us watch it. Well, and okay, can I get to the the thing that bothered me the most that I have in my notes that I've been saving since last night? I, I didn't yes, put it in the group chat. Okay, when they get to paradise, the town, 
Paradise looks like it's built entirely out of tough sheds. Uh, but then anytime you go inside a building in Paradise, it's this huge, expansive mansion. Yeah. So, But from the outside, it's literally a four by eight tough shed. And that drove me nuts every time. <laughs> every single place they go inside is like a TARDIS. It's so much bigger than the outside. And when they're walking outside, the town is so small and so clearly like just filmed in the parking lot of a Home Depot where the tough sheds are. Yeah. That like characters are as tall as the buildings. Yeah. And then you walk <laughs> in and they're like, oh, you want some apples? They're up on the second story. You're like, yes! what? They, yes! There's a second floor to this place? It was maddening. <laughs> it was so crazy. Hey, that's my favorite thing about this film. I don't understand why it's your least favorite. Every oh. store is like a Harry Potter tent. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, I could I couldn't stop laughing every time they went to town. I was like, "What magical building are we gonna walk into this time?" Though I was like, "Faux Tom Hardy, like stop acting so hard. Like you don't have to do this." <laughs> I you really think he was struggling to hit that like Southern accent, oh. and he was because he's like hard. Australian. Yeah, oh. he is such a good actor. Because every other thing we see him yeah. in is amazing. He's a like. He like what? What's the one where he puts that knife in that guy's face and just like kicks the back of his head to slice his head in half? Oh, it's the one where he's a computer. Yeah, upgrade. Yeah, I have not seen like, that. That's amazing. It's good. Upgrade is so good. Why don't we have an action movie podcast, you bastards? I know that could technically be a horror. We can talk about Maybe. it. All right, but like he's so good in everything, and then in this, he's like giving a hundred and ten percent, and it just makes it look worse. It's just even more jarring because you have Michael Hosea who looks. Looks like he just got out of the bath and he's got his Hallmark costume on. And then <laughs> Bo Tom Hardy comes in with like a, a real Civil War era costume and beard. And he's just like sobbing. just dirtied up and he's just yeah. like, I've seen shit. He's like, my wife died. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, he's from another movie. He like jumped into this movie. He was like, I'm here for 310 to Yuma. Is this not 310 to Yuma? <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse as the movie goes because he like, he really like believes in his character's arc. And like by the end, <laughs> scene where he's like sobbing and begging forgiveness. God, I cried a little bit and I hated this movie. I yes. was like, Faux Tom Hardy, you're in another movie than these people. Like, you are what happened? Like, why are you here? You stepped in on another movie. Faux Tardy was really putting out this movie. He was like pulling the work. But it, it was like a multiverse movie where they took stuff from Hallmark and like network TV and like rated R movies and the Old West and then like all the trauma. And and a little bit of lame is sprinkled over the oh, top. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever wrote this ripped off Victor Hugo. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Francine Rivers wrote it. <laughs> or well, wrote the book. I don't know who adapted it. But actually, I think Francine, I think her name was one of the writers of this movie because I recognize that name. Yeah, she's very prolific. And and here's the thing for as, as crazy as this movie is, there are definitely a whole bunch of people who read a bunch of Francine Rivers and are like, well, I want to see it because I read that book. And like they know what they're getting into. Sure. And I think part of why we're just like our minds are blown is because we had no comprehension of what we were getting into. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you could tell she probably wrote like of East of Eden style, like thousand page. No, Mikey. How many pages is this novel? I'll double check, but these are like grocery store romances. While you're checking, uh, I did look it up. The writer is billed as Francine Rivers, who I, I'm assuming is the author, because same name. Yeah. And then DJ uh, Caruso, who is the director. 486 pages. That's a good amount of pages. But when you take all the in-between stuff down and like people's thoughts, and you just go to, from trauma to trauma. It's very jarring. Okay. I mean, yeah. 
yeah, th- there's a lot going on in this movie. I think the fact that they got so many big people in it to me is insane because like I learned here if I ever won the lottery and had a shitload of money to throw at a project, I know what big stars I could get because they don't give a shit about the scripts. They care about that <laughs> paycheck, baby. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, I'm sure they were sold on the idea of, well, it's a Francine Rivers novel and they're popular. Yeah. I, I grew up Mormon, so for me it was Orson Scott Card. I, I, I didn't get into Francine Rivers. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think it's really your style regardless. They have sex a bunch of times. They do, and I have not read the book, so I would guess... And if you did read the book, tell me if I'm wrong. I did not. Knowing that it's an inspirational romance, I can almost guarantee you that every time they have sex in the book, it's, and they explored each other's bodies the next morning. And like, you get none of the good shit. Of course not. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the God smut, but like, I'm sure it's fun. (laughs) Let me see if I can find one. Just type in Francine Rivers sex. That's basically what I was talking about. Uh, it says right here, all the sex scenes are very much fade to black, or in the case of one scene, it ends with the hero and heroine soaring towards heaven, <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. That is a woman who has never experienced an orgasm guessing what an orgasm feels like. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Did I love this film? Absolutely. <laughs> Oh my god oh wait oh my god so there's a goodreads review where on goodreads people rate books and stuff and, yeah, yeah. and so it says are the sexual scenes in this book graphic would you recommend this book for young adults and the answer someone gave is they're not graphic at all in fact i usually had no idea the characters were having sex until afterwards <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Just like in the photograph. Oh, like they're having a staring contest. Oh my god, they're having sex? <laughs> Here's the thing. I imagined and knew that in the book they would be fade to black sex scenes, which is also why I don't read this type of romance novel. I think that's a cop out. But it's also like a religious romance novel. So like of course they're gonna fade to black, right? But like, here, okay, here's my thing though. Your whole thing is that sex should be saved for marriage and and it, once it's marriage, it's a free-for-all. Have a good time. You guys can have as much sex as you want. Great. Write that. Write it. They're married. Well, I mean, technically, the movie did its job. When you're watching, you will not have sex if this movie is involved on your date night. <laughs> That's not true. I, <laughs> I can say from experience, you can definitely watch this movie and have sex afterwards. Oh, you're disgusting. Nice. I am not. I am married. It's fine. Michael, you loved me, and I hurt you so much. Why did you choose to be the female character in all this? I just, this is just the words I keep hearing in my head since I watched this film. I think he's film. just reading from his journal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy to me? I thought this movie was going to be about them like getting married eventually by the end of it. Right. But no, they're married like 50 minutes in. And we never see the wedding. Like, it's just yada yada over. Yeah, it's yada yada. She's not conscious for it because this is old times and she is property. That's why I was like, this movie's like terrible because... It's terrible for a lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. But I also understand it's terrible in the way that like life was also terrible for women at this time. So like... It was. It doesn't mean it's like not correct. I, Michael Hosea's got a big farmhouse. He does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she. I will admit that Michael Hosea is her lead bad option it's like biden i fully fully understand why people don't want to read books like this and sometimes don't want to watch movies like this because of the use of sexual assault or violent sexual encounters to further the plot i get it yeah yeah Uh, yeah it doesn't bother me as much personally but that's just a personal thing because in my mind in history 
that be happening a lot. Uh, that's people were terrible to women. And so I'm just like, historically, this is accurate. Yeah, unfortunately. But I also fully understand why someone would not want to read this type of a book for that and wouldn't want to get into romance novels like this because of that. And it is a trope of those romance novels. Yeah. They just made this movie last year. Yeah. Insane. I can't wait to tell you what they spent on this piece of turd. If you're scrolling on Peacock and you're like, oh, like an old timey romance. Let's check it out. This was not what I was expecting. Old timey romances almost always be having sexual assault unless they were written more modern. Because like now, sometimes people will write historical romances that don't include that specifically but back in the day especially no like it's in the 80s and 90s oh my god now this is 91 <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> you just would think in a 2022 film i know yeah no mikey I'm it would be you. more like man from snowy river and less like sexual assault rapey lane i don't this is as bad as seven brides for seven brothers this is, is this is outlander levels of sexual assault in this <laughs> but they're both based on stories from similar times right one was plutarch one's the bible right so like right 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 I was expecting Virgin River. Which one is Virgin River? Virgin River is my mom's favorite Netflix show. My mom is now reading romance novels. It kind of got her on that. It's yes. like a 14 book series on that. Wait, okay. Is there boning? Yeah. Like good, like Outlander good or like. His mother watches this show. No. Please. Not Outlander good. It's like a half step. It's like a, like a more than a PG-13 there may be some boob. I don't know. You know, like yeah. I'm saying, there was almost boob in this. I actually asked, I was like, is there going to be nudity his in this? His hand covers it. I know, it. And his hand covers it. And Natalie and I both started laughing because I looked at her and I was like, like, there's no way they're going to show nudity, right? Like, this is like a Jesus film. This sounds terrible, though, but I'm like, they're married. <laughs> like, I know. Show it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So is it like Downton levels of boring or is it like Outlander levels? of? It's like a more between. Okay. The, the books have more sex scenes. Okay. Okay. Apparently my mom is, it, that was like her gateway drug into romance novels. Apparently she's been reading romance novels. They're super fun and they're all quick reads. Well, for you guys, I can't stop jerking it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> I, no, I never learned to read. So maybe we should just go through this movie scene by scene. Yes. Because it's a long ass movie. Like 40 minutes in when the drama happens with her dad, I paused it and I was like, there's an hour and a half left like what is what yes. what is possible like what I is gonna happen i did the same exact thing todd i was like what the fuck yeah i couldn't believe it oh my god yeah let's let's dive into this yeah. first things first the universal logo and i shouted at my television universal made this <laughs> they didn't they gave it a theatrical release they gave it a theatrical release yeah because then it goes on to have like six different production company logos yep which here this is insider industry tip that's bad news it's real bad news. That's bad news. If you've got a really big popular blockbuster movie that has multiple, that's because people are trying to get in on cashing in on something big. Yeah. But even then, maybe two, maybe three tops. And that's like your two main actors have their own production companies and want yes. to be producers, right? On exactly. The film. Yeah. On a movie like this, where you have like six different production companies, that means it was such a turd, even in production, <laughs> that they had to beg other people for more money to try and cobble the money together to make it and get it distributed. So like that is always a bad sign. It is an immediate red flag. I can't wait to do box office. I can't wait. Oh God. Uh, but this is also in the credits where I realized that it was a Francine Rivers novel and had to pause it to go down a mini rabbit hole. <laughs> anyway, so it opens 
with a quote from Shakespeare, all that glitters is not gold, which, by the way, has pretty much no bearing on this film. Yeah. Other than, I guess being rich as a sex worker is not as cool as marrying this poor farmer. But that's not even the point of the movie, really. No, it's not. It makes no sense to have that there. But nope. then my only thought as I was reading it was it was like Shakespeare. And in my mind, I just went, also Smash Mouth. <laughs> Except that there's all that glitters is gold. Yeah. Anyway, we open on the gold rush. Michael Hosea is a shooting star who broke the mold. Not really. Michael Hosea is so ahead of his time. He shaves. He bathes, mm -hmm. obviously brushes his teeth. No one else in the whole film does any of this, except for the main character. I feel like that's the only reason he's getting any play at all, because he looks like if you ordered generic Mormon number three, that's what he would look like. Yeah, his name is like Elder Price. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I think Mikey does bring up a good point, because like we see in this film, in order to get Angel to take a bath, like he has to throw her in that bath. <laughs> Like, she just would not bathe. You guys, all I'm saying is that bathing is 1840s sense of humor. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what you needed to go above yeah, your the bar, station. Every generation, the bar gets a little bit higher. So now, like, we're at sense of humor, right? But, like, back then, yeah, it was yeah. like, does this motherfucker shave? Right, right, right. That's why, you know, Kirkland brand Andrew Garfield is the top of the food chain. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's the gold rush uh, and it's a small town made of tough sheds um, <laughs> and a whole bunch of people line up outside the facade that looks like a two story building that is very much not a two story building, but just a facade. Yeah. And they're calling out raffle numbers. Whose turn is it with her tonight, boys? And all of them look like they have beard lice. And she's looking out the window. It's the dirtiest dudes I've ever I seen know. in my life. Ugh. It is like someone shit on a bunch of white ass dudes. And now they're lining up to have sex with the same person. Not a, I mean, Okay, here's the other part too. Multiple times in this movie. And I, I do want to say, sex work is work. I don't consider most of the stuff in this movie a sex work. Because I think a lot of it is... Uh, compulsory and not chosen. I think it's like sex trafficking. It would be like a more... It is a lot of sex trafficking. <laughs> I think it is positioned in the movie as she chose this profession. Like, that is But the movie very gross. clearly shows us that she did no, not. No, no, I mean, but, like, she goes back to it. Oh, okay. Th we're gonna have to, like, skirt some of these topics, because, like, we can go down the serious rabbit hole, like, what all this yeah. really means. Or... I think it's a, a self-worth thing, which is what the movie tries to get at but is too ham-fisted yeah. to actually yeah everyone out there google learned helplessness it's where you have tried to help yourself before and you can't get out so when people offer actually offer you help it's hard for you to change it's a it's a whole scientific concept it's why it's hard to, to get the unhoused housed it's it's why people who the people who need help the most Every time they have tried to help themselves or get away or they've been beat down. So you literally learn that you are helpless and there's no, you, the, your mind is conditioned to believe there's no way out. So like, even if you have a chance, you go back, they, they studied it on dogs where they would shock dogs and then the dogs would just choose to be shocked instead of being able to leave. It's like a whole thing. You can Google it. But like it's a whole concept of human behavior. You know, it, it's also some of the same stuff that plays into like people who leave cults too, where yeah. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, 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 who have yeah. been abused for such a long time. Which she definitely was in this movie. Which she absolutely yeah. was. She was fully abused, fully traumatized. She has had a horrible life in childhood. But sometimes 
the outside is scarier than what you know. Yeah. And even when she is, uh, I don't know, miseried by this farmer, yeah. uh, like <laughs> even, even though that air quotes looks better to the outside, it is still an unknown. She doesn't know if she can trust him. So while I, it frustrated me to see her go back to what is clearly an abusive situation yeah. multiple times. Well, I don't think she goes back to it the second time because Duke finds her and sort of forces that. Yeah. Right. There is also a layer of, as a woman at this time, she cannot own property. No, I know. She cannot yeah. really work anywhere. And so for even for like the movie really paints it as like the learned helpless, helplessness angle and that she doesn't have self-worth, et cetera, whatever. But I also look at it and I'm like, well, you're a woman at this time and you need money to survive. Like, yeah. what do you do? You know, and which is, I think, where her mom finds herself, I think, on yeah. the voyage to California. That's kind of the situation that happens. But what's extra upsetting is that this movie has multiple scenes of just the grossest, crustiest dudes just lined up. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that that poor woman. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so gross. It's <laughs> like, like going to a club now. Yeah. Is it? I haven't been to a club in so long. I hate them. Yeah, I, I don't like them. But. To put a button on this, yes, I think what Mikey is saying is correct. I think it's that trauma response is why she goes back. And the movie does not understand that. Yeah, like that is not what is actually displayed on screen. No, no, no. You just need some dude to have God tell him that you're his woman before actually talking to you because you're pretty. I hate that so much. You, you can kidnap her forever. This guy like blows up his life and her life because he thinks she's hot. Yeah, well, and well, I've been let's, there. Let's get back. We gotta keep going through the movie, or we will get stuck in this forever. Mikey, honestly, fucking same. <laughs> God, I was dumb. I mean, God told me like she was mine, so I was like, what was I supposed to do? If someone said that to me or whatever, my next question is like, okay, so how long have you been hearing voices? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta get to that point. Like, just we gotta get through we can't the even movie. Start it. We can't I know. Start that this point. movie's insane. Welcome to part one of Redeeming Love. Okay. Of our six episode series. So a bunch of crusty miners want to excavate her cave and they they go through a raffle one of them gets picked number 42 baby Woo! Yeah, 42 uh famka jansen is literally like she's all worn out no more shagging for the day but of these other ladies and i'm just like oh my god like this is what like so troubling it is terrible this is the opening of the film yeah. Yes. We cut and we see her watch these two girls walking down the street in the town. Uh, and we cut to her flashback of her as a kid. Yeah. We find out her name is Sarah, not Angel, as we found out in the first scene. And she's picking flowers for her mom, who is Nina Dobrev. Uh, but we find out that she's actually doing it for her father, who is coming to visit. Nina Dobrev is the girl from Love Hard, right? Vampire yes. Diary? I never saw Vampire Diary. Yes. But we did Love she Hard is, on she this. She is the girl from Love Hard, yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought she was good in that. And she's fine in this, too. It was weird, like, seeing all these famous people in what could have been or what should have been like a I don't know God TV channel movie I don't know if that exists this has too much sex to play in play on God TV channels then this movie is for zero people it is that's it is why it's amazing people. that's why it's so crazy anyway uh, the dad shows up and is just like I don't give a shit about the kid. You shouldn't have had the kid because he's clearly married to somebody else. And oh, he's yeah. like a fancy society dude in Boston married to somebody else. And mom is like a kept mistress 
in this house. Yeah. And we find out that he takes the house away. So they are basically kicked out onto the street. He doesn't give a shit. Um, and they are now on the, not the run, but they are kind of homeless. At yeah. This yeah point. They're on the streets. Yeah. And you see her selling off all these. I thought it was like jewelry that he had given her and her learning and selling them that they're fake. I was like, oh, fuck. This dude is terrible. Anyway, we cut to modern day where we see Michelle uh, or Lucky is her name. Yeah, she's great in uh, Dairy Girls, man. She's great. And in this, she's just a loud, <laughs> drunk other sex worker at the brothel who is just like, yeah, I got mad at my stepmom. And so I chopped down a tree and crushed her house. Yeah. What? And then I left and pursued a career in sex workism. And you're like, all right, great. Yeah. Uh, and then, unfortunately, you talk to one of the other girls who was sold for three ounces of gold and told that she was going to a palace, but it, the brothel's name is the palace. Yeah, so she thought she was going to be a princess, oh. and they all have a laugh about it, which I found extremely dark. So dark. <laughs> it's so dark where you can only uncomfortably laugh along. That is like, what oh. I did a lot in this yes. movie. I was like, oh, God, what's happening? This is also where when I keep wanting to call her Michelle, but it's lucky whenever she tells her story, she's like, maybe I wouldn't be here. Maybe at least I wouldn't be a mattress hole for whoremongers. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> That's why they had to kick it off with a Shakespeare quote. It's that good, guys. It's that <laughs> level of good. Poetry. <sighs> No. Anyway, so they turn to Angel, who is just like, they're like, what do you hope for outside of this place? And she's like, I just never look back and never look forward. And in my notes, I put, because I can't picture things in my mind. <laughs> I hate this discussion. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, we cut to the farmer. Michael Hosea. Michael Hosea. Yeah. Michael Hosea actually is on his way to town. He stops at a very empty church on the way. And he's just like, God, please give me a lady. And then he just goes into town like, bless your beautiful heart. I do love you. We pretty much get that. Yeah, except it's like he sees Angel and he's like, yeah. oh, the hottest woman in town. Clearly the sign from God is I should marry the hottest woman in town. Down. Yeah, pretty and trim, but kind of slim. Heavenly eyes, but all that size. <laughs> Gotta be right to, to be, be the bride for me. We, I mean, she is the only other person who bathes. Yes, she she's one of the few people in town that bathes. Yeah, for sure. The second this happened, where he was like, "God told me it's her," I was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Who's that?" And they're like, "She's a, the best sex worker in town." He's like, "God, I should have been more specific." And I was like, <laughs> "He's taking this very well." <laughs> but not only okay, but here's the thing though. Here's this is why I hate this so much. First of all, he does not know her. He doesn't know anything about no. her. He picks her purely on looks and is just like, God said so. Already fucked up. Which means he would kill anyone that stands in his way to have her. Like, that is that level of commitment. Oh, so now you're better than Troy? Okay. <laughs> Troy? They killed for Helena Troy. Oh, okay. Secondly, he then finds out that she is a sex worker. And immediately, his reaction is just like, oh, God, why? And it's like, first of all. <laughs> Like, oh, you mean she has a job? Yeah, well, and, and I'm just like, who the fuck are you to be like, ew, I guess. Fuck off. And I know in the like 
biblical story it is based on, that's kind of how that goes. But at the same time, I'm just like, it is 2022. Yeah, when they made this. Can we not? Can we have a little bit of empathy and view her as a person? Obviously, that nine-year-old was a bad person, and that's how she ended up there. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how dare he go back to your fucking farm and jerk off till you die, asshole? Like, He's only in town for three days, and he's got to come back with a wife, Paige. Yeah. He only brought so much gold dust with him. I got to trade these beaver skins for some jerky. How about marrying me? He doesn't even have, <laughs> I don't even understand how he has gold dust. He probably traded for it. Well, yeah, they make it seem like everyone pays for everything in gold dust, which is somewhat accurate to mining towns. You could pay in gold dust, but there were also banknotes at the time. Like this is, you know, they're not worth much outside of the town, but you know. You'd go to the local brothel and make it like mist. I don't know what that would gold be. Yeah. They're also no. clearly giving her pyrite, which is fool's gold. Like there's, it doesn't even look like real gold in the movie. And that'll make you mad when you realize how expensive this movie was. Cause it should have been. I'm sure it should have been real gold. Anyway, he goes through the bless your beautiful brothel yeah. and pays double to talk to her yeah. against very weird clouds and a fake backdrop. Uh, because she's literally like walking around town. That's where he sees her because she's like the sex celebrity of town. It's yeah, the just sex like, celebrity, Paige. It's a position. Like, you know, you have like a town crier yeah. or whatever. It's Who's voted your on favorite and- sex celebrity? <laughs> it's sex celebrity. Yeah. Welcome back to... 1840s sex celebrity where we we take over the local brothel and 12 ladies compete week to week. Oh, uh. would watch maybe? I'm sorry, your sexcation has ended, Francesca. <laughs> but yeah, she, she takes a walk twice a week and she has a bodyguard with her and he like right. sees her and that's where he like becomes enamored with her. But as Paige was saying earlier, yeah. he does pay twice the amount of gold dust to talk to her to talk to her and we cut to from like him seeing her in the window and kind of finagling what he's going to do we cut to her talking to what i will assume is a servant because it's in boston but you cannot guarantee it giving the historical timeline but a woman of color who gets no name all right i think they like briefly say her name earlier but she's not present so we don't know that it's her and she's just like shaking little girl Sarah and is just like, men just want to use you just like your mama. And yeah. you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> it's, it's like in Waterboy when she like traumatizes Bobby Boucher into only drinking water. Yes. Like it's like that level of commitment to a crazy bit. Yeah. And, and she's literally in this one scene. That's yeah. it. And then she is gone. It, it It is a wild swing. And I'm sure that character is more of a character in the book, I would assume. But in this movie, it is literally one scene never seen again. Yeah. Never seen or heard from again. I would assume she's like a paid servant just because Boston was Boston, in the North uh, but during like, the Civil I, War. I hope. But. Anyway, so this is where we cut through the montage of her trying to pawn all of her jewelry and finding out it's all fake. Her mom. And he has just yeah. given her. Yeah, her mom has given fake jewelry as her mom turns more gray yes well she's getting fontaine disease yeah yeah they get to the Mm. port and she takes on work as a sex worker at the port so that she and her daughter have a place to live and she just dreams a dream of time gone by (laughs) until she dies oh yeah when hope was high and life worth living hey you're gonna make me cry i 
dream that love would never die. I can't. My voice is shot today, but. So sad. She uh, fontines her way through the first act of Les Mis in two minutes. And. Mikey has no idea what we're saying. <laughs> Cosette, a.k.a. Sarah, is just like, let's hop on one of those ships and sail away. In my castle, <laughs> and she's just like, "Sure, honey." <coughs> right after I get home to my girl, <laughs> who I'm gonna see after the war. Like she's just coughing into stuff, and you know, yeah. Before she takes her like quote last client, she may have well have coughed into a handkerchief and handed it to her daughter, and then you see blood in it. Like it's that level of yeah. like foreshadowing that she's about to die. Yeah. Just <coughs> You know, mommy loves you, little girl. Like just, <laughs> and it all happens in like five minutes where you're just like, wow, okay. It's been six days since they lost their house. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's aggressively they, fast. They completely skip over shaving her head. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> this movie has a very aggressive editing style where like something will be happening and then it just fade to black trauma. Yes. Right. And it'll hit you so fast the 40 minute reveal which is i guess what we're gonna call it until we reveal what it is yes yeah it hits you like a phone pole yeah it's insane yeah it's it's wild so she dies of consumption or just air quotes historical disease yeah as they turn your dreams to no I'm kidding. We can't. <laughs> she fontines out yeah so the little girl takes the necklace and throws it into the water does she dive back in for it? Who's to say? That might just be a dream. I think metaphorically at the end she does. I So like for me, she does throw it in and that's when she's yes. like, fuck God, if he does exist, he's an asshole. Right. And I think at the end of the movie, that's her like being like, no, God's the shit if he gets me out of right. this one. And listen, I do think in the magical realism of this movie, God does exist because he says, just tell the truth through her mom, right? And then right. when she tells the truth and no one believes her except for that one guy, and then they see those two girls running out, and God was like, that's what that dude needed. Because that guy went from not believing her to we gotta hang Duke like that when he saw those two Big little girls, Steve, man. But here's the we, best we gotta, we gotta wait until we get to that, or we're never gonna I'm get so there. I'm so sorry. But it's like, insane. Stop I have thoughts ahead, about I'm that scene. We, got, we gotta get there, though. It's okay, insane. so like, so mom's dead. We cut back to modern day when somebody's banging on the door to let him in because he paid and she won't let him in. Yeah. So this is where the guy uh, breaks in and forces her into the tub because she's supposed to work and she won't. Yeah, he's like the muscle of Palace or whatever, the brothel, yeah, right. right? I don't know his name either. He does have one, though. Yeah, but he's not allowed to, like, hit her or anything and leave or leave marks on her because obviously, you know. Yeah, you don't damage, like, what they would call the merchandise, right? Which is so terrible. It but is yes. terrible. But like, I think that's the way, as Mikey calls her, Famke Jansen says it. Yeah, mm -hmm. Famke Jansen. Um, <laughs> and, and we do reveal that she is stashing some of the gold dust that she's getting paid, although she never goes, never ends up going back for it. I think she would have had it not burned down later. But yeah, where is she stashing it? I miss that. Like, they accuse her it's of that in, later. Like, her and I was jewelry like, I must box have missed it. In okay. a makeup compact. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So in comes. 
the farmer, Michael Hosea, and he's just like, oh, I'm going to marry you in a couple days. So like, we don't need to have sex now. We're going to get married. And she's just like, get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do like how this movie positions her as like a bad person because of this. And I was like, yes, no, nah, this is just a lady who like some weird dude showed up at her work. No, I don't think it positioned her like a bad person. It, it fully does. It plays her as being mean to him. And, yes. then, and at one point she's like, you're my fifth proposal this week. I know. I think she reacts very realistically if you tell I think a woman she you does. just Me met too. that you're going to marry her. That's my point. I think the movie positions it in a way as like, shouldn't she be nicer to him? Like, no. Shouldn't she give him a chance? No. And it's like, no, she's reacting the way she should. Yeah. I'll take you out of this, way, this life. Come away with me. Here's the other thing, too. She has had a terrible childhood, but at this point in the movie, she believes that she is making money because she has not right. quite figured yeah. out the horrible proposition of both brothels and pimps that is even a scam to this day of yeah. like th the air quotes money that you are banking is air quotes going to your upkeep. So you never make any money. You are always in debt yeah, to the house. You owe me money. Right. Yeah. She does not realize that that is what's going on yet. And so in her mind, she's the highest paid sex worker in town. She has money. She has agency. She can do whatever she wants. She doesn't have to suffer this farmer. And once she finds out the truth, that will kind of change. Yeah. But like, that's kind of where she's coming from. We're just like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah. Why would I? Why would I go away to live on a farm where I am dressed in silks? I get all my meals here. I don't have to like, you are not selling me on this proposition, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but their time is up. So he leaves and he's like, I just want one honest half hour. Cause she kicks him out within just a couple minutes. Oh yeah. And she's just like, no. Uh, so the next day he comes back cause he paid double again to win the lottery again. And she's just like, so you just want to talk? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, this is, exhausting and I feel like I'm kind of conning you and I'm not gonna marry a stranger yeah. so like but like what's your what deal is like what's your favorite color yeah <laughs> I do like I think in this scene because they do talk a little bit more the second day mm -hmm. I think in this scene she was like if we had just had sex we would have been done by now like I yes. thought that, that shit was so funny well, and he's not he's not really talking to her to get to know her. No, he's just he's like, not. so here's why you should marry me. Yeah, he made a PowerPoint. <laughs> well, it's a real Adam Ponope type vibe. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Cooking, cleaning for me and my seven brothers. <laughs> yeah. This is more troubling Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. And please remember, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was like produced in the 60s, I think. Like 50s, I think. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And this has yeah. like similar sensibilities. Yes. So. so she says no again. Yeah. And he basically, we find out, has enough for one last night. Yeah. We cut to breakfast the next day. And all the other girls are like, who's that farmer boy who came in wanting a wife? And she's just like, you have him. I don't care. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. I'm waiting for my Wesley, so yeah. like, get out. He's a pirate. Yeah, he's a, he's the dead, dread pirate Roberts, and he's been living like a king in Patagonia. Yeah, but like this guy bathed. I well, I don't know if he bathed. He's a pirate, so but he do he does look hot in that black mask and shit. Though. He probably smells like the salt water sea air. Page, I'll take. Well, it. they call him Michael Hosea because of the water hose he uses to bathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's based on the story of Hosea in the Bible because yes. this movie is not subtle uh, good. <laughs> ever at all. <laughs> subtle? No, this movie is not subtle. It's classic. No. 
Uh, anyway, he comes back the next night and one of the other girls intercepts him and is like, hey, don't bother with Angel. You'll like me better. And he's like, no, I'm here to see her. And just like stomps up there. It's like, dude, she doesn't want to see you. I know. Like, stop it with the God told me we're going to be together vibe. Like, that's yeah. weird. What is this? The city bus? Stop yelling at me about how God tells you things. This is the first time I've heard someone say that without their penis in their hand. Right? Like, that's the kind of vibe it is. Anyway, he's just like, do, like, do you like being here? Do you want to be here with men just like you know paying money to sleep with you and she's like i didn't ask you to care like this is my life like you do whatever you want you just showed up and like said my life was shit and said i should go with you yeah you're like trying to high road me and like being a real dick about it it's weird (laughs) and so they end up kissing and he's like we can't do this until it means something to you and she's like you mean nothing to me. I don't know you. You're a stranger. But that's like a dude showing up at Chipotle and like proposing to the person making his burrito and her being like, go away. Wait, 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 wait. I have showed up at Chipotle and God <laughs> has told me to get a burrito bowl and I loved it. That's fine. So how long have you been hearing voices? So when I talk to someone about the voice of God, I do have some specific questions I go through where I'm like, is it a feeling or do you hear a specific voice? Does it does it come from outside of you or do you like hear it in the sky? I was like, Wait, let's like, let's break it down. Yeah, because if you're just like, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. Cool. Well, and a lot of people word things like God told me something and it's like, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But the whole like, it's a voice from outside. And also God is a purple serpent who slides through the sky on wings and carries a wagon full of candy. And you're just like, oh, okay. This is different, I think. I love this Halloween kind of crazy serpent version of God, though. I'm here for it. I got the first 30 pages for (laughs) you right here. Halloween serpent God this summer. Snakes on an astral plane. (laughs) 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 I'm tired of these motherfucking Motherfucking astral snakes on this motherfucking astral astral plane. plane. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we cut to the past where her mother's former pimp is basically taking her to a brothel to sell her uh, to McSteamy, who unfortunately buys little girls for bad reasons. There's no good reason to buy a little girl, Paige. <laughs> no, there's not. And, and Les Mis has taught us. I don't think that's uh, that what she was saying. Yeah. There's no, yeah. yeah. But Angel very much is Cosette. Yes. Anyway, so one of the the women in the brothel, and I believe it's it's one of like the house moms is kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, she is like, take her home. Get her out of here. Yeah. And he's like, she'll be better off here. And she says, no, no she, she won't. won't. Yeah. And there's no way she would. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard life. So uh, he takes her upstairs and definitely steals stuff from that guy's desk oh, and yeah. drinks some of his brandy. I mean, it's not. It's fine. He doesn't make it out of the office because no. he gets murdered in front of a child. Yeah. Oh, McSteamy uh, rolls up. Who I called him Doctor Strangler through most of the rest <laughs> of the movie. Why? Because that's what happens. They just garrot that guy, oh, that's and true. he's just yeah. like, "Come with me, little girl." I just didn't understand why you made him a doctor. Like he seemed official. He had a mustache okay here's what i do like about this scene because the guy's drinking his scotch yeah and he's like he gets him strangled and he pours the scotch on the guy it pools in his eye socket with the eye open yes it's a cool effect and i was like what is that doing in here (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that's actually where they spent all of their budget. Well, like yeah, it yeah. looks really good. I'm like, wow, how'd they do that? And then I'm like, wait, why why is there a special effect like this in this film? <laughs> that gentleman actually has a glass eye. So it is was that what fine. it is? I have no idea. No, I mean I, I believed you. It, that's it, it looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good and creepy. I was like, Maybe wow. that's like the first thing they did, and then they were like, Oh shit, we're out of money for the rest of the movie. Oh Fuck. damn, we spent our $35. <laughs> good thing we got that scotch at Costco. There's no way this movie was not just like a front for embezzlement. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to tell you how much this oh, cost. I no, can't wait. I can see this money costing a lot of money because it is all it's over the place. It's long with a ton of locations and craziness and all those weird TARDIS houses. Well, also, it's not consistent. Some people have amazing costumes. Some yes. people have shitty costumes. Michael Hosea's costumes are aggressively shitty the entire time. Yes. It's like no one was on the same page. So someone spent a lot of the money. They're like, I made all the background actors look amazing. And then like, <laughs> I see the main characters. They look like shit. We're out of money, though. Where do we get our main actors' costumes? <laughs> Go to Party City and just see what they have on sale. Her costumes always look great. But what boggled my mind is that her hair is constantly curled in a very modern fashion yes, the entire movie. Because they're like, well, we can't have her look old timey and weird like she's got to be pretty but it's pretty in a very like growing up in the church it's like pinnacle church pretty yeah like she's the girl in skinny jeans like knee-high boots the oversized sweater and the hat the hat the one who is like facebook messaging you about business opportunities for doTERRA like that is who she looks like she's coming back to apologize for hurting me i know it god's talking to me about it and how long have you been hearing voices, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have the voices been telling you that you need to invest in lip sense? You know, anyway. So she gets ushered away to what is most likely a hor- horrifying fate. And we'll yeah. find out. It will be confirmed later in the movie. At this point, they don't tell you, but I'm like, this is, he's no, this is bad. Yeah. I sort of hate the child aspect of this. Yes. But like, it's worse at the end of the movie when you find out that's what was really happening to her too. Like, fuck, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I assumed it at this point. It yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It does imply it. You're right. Yeah, because what we see is is the other women in the brothel teaching her to read yeah. and, and write. But then we also see her just lounging on a couch in a corset as a child. Like she yeah. is a a little like and, and at that at that point, she is a child. She cannot consent. All of this is sexual assault. All of it. Yeah, yeah. That's not sex work, right? That's a yeah, different no, thing. that is not sex work. She yeah. cannot consent to the work. It is not sex work. That is assault. But it is also implied that the mode of operations for this guy's brothels, because he owns the brothel, yeah. is that he brings in young girls and that's who ends up there. And they kind of grow up through there. So I would argue that no, none of them are consenting. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. just You're right. bad all around. Um, I would say it's almost... I mean, it's still dicey in Famke Jansen's brothel because she has sold them the idea that they are banking their money. Exactly. And if that were true, then yes, that that would be work because you could consent to the work and you're getting paid for it. Because they're not like that, I would say that invalidates a lot of that consent as well. So yeah, like, you're right. I would say there is very little actual sex work going on in this film, but rather quite a bit of sexual assaults. Yeah. So anyway, <sighs> super dark. Thanks, Mikey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we cut to her as a teenager and she is beautiful uh, and she is now working in the brothel and she comes down the stairs and is introduced to 
a very fancy Boston man who is her own father. <laughs> Here we are. Here we go, Here baby. We go. Here we go. 41 minutes into Buckle the Buckle up your oh shit belt because it's going to get <sighs> fucking weird. I was like, oh, she's going to tell him. I thought she was going to kill him. Me too. Or tell him in the midst of it. But Paige, she did sort of kill him. Yes. Yeah. Well, what happens is they commit. Oh, how do I phrase Ooh. this? It's, it's incest, not a they have they, sex. I, yeah. Let, well, let's. They participate in an incestuous sexual encounter. Let's yeah. say that. And you're like, what? What? You're like, what is this film? Yes. And by the time you start to crank the gears here of like that was when I sat up in bed, right? Then it, and then it cuts to Mikey fades to black, fades in, hit the dad with a flintlock pistol to his head, and yeah. then he dies of suicide. Right? And then you're like, holy shit, <laughs> yeah. what then, is this? Wait, and then the owner of the brothel is basically telling one of his assistants because now Angel has fled, but he basically says. They had sex, and then she wrote him a letter that's like, by the way, I'm your daughter. Yeah. And that pushed him to complete suicide. And then she ran with the help of the woman in the brothel who taught her to read. So they killed that lady. Yeah. And then she takes off for the docks and ends up on a ship. We're talking about it like it's like a bunch of scenes. It's literally like 20 seconds. Yeah. Of like, yes. what? <laughs> they slam that plot at you so fast. And you just picture the pasta flying out of my mouth <laughs> on the steak. Before it had time to hit the floor, the dad's already dead and she's leaving the brothel. It makes you feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like Milgram's shock experiment where you're like, uh, I'm killing the guy. Like you're giggling and because it is so uncomfortable, your body doesn't know how to react. It's the because craziest it choice. <laughs> like from a writing perspective, from a character perspective, like how it would have been so much easier for her to show like he gets into the room with her and she's like by the way i'm your daughter like that or she would kills him yeah or it could be or she it kills could be her dad it could be somebody trying to hurt her she just kills to protect herself and is like i gotta run away whatever but the fact that it's like no she has sex with her dad they go through with it they complete it yeah like, what the fuck thankfully you don't see it because I think that'd be even worse. But as you're finding this out in the movie, you're just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, what is happening? And this is not the last time that an upsetting family member sexual encounter will incur in no. this film. Oh, no. Paul, you idiot. Anyway, at this point, I was like, how is there an hour and a half of movie I know, left? that's exactly what I was saying. I like, I could not believe that this happened in like the beginning of this movie. Yeah, like it starts <laughs> off with this. Oh my gosh, it's, it's madness. That's how you know it's based on a Bible story because that shit's wild. Well, here's the thing. The Bible story is not that long. It's basically just a, a guy believes that God has led him to marry this woman who is a sex worker and she returns to it multiple times and he comes to get her every time. And you have very little details as to if it's voluntary or any number of things. 
that's it. That's the bare bones of the story. And and it's supposed to be about like forgiveness and loving people, even though yeah. they are maybe not what you expect or they have done things to hurt you. Great. Fine. Uh, but it's very simplistic. This m- movie expands on it in such crazy ways. Yeah. Yeah. So she is now on a ship and it is her and a handful of other like two other women on the ship. And they are like, hey, it's a long voyage to California. We can make a ton of money. There's a guy who's willing to protect us and his cut is 10%. Yeah. Do you want to do this? And she's like, it looks like I have no choice, which honestly, she probably did not have a choice on that one. I think she even said like, I'd rather charge for it than have to like be forced to give it away for free or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a shitty choice to have to make, but she probably made the right one, I guess. No, yeah. it's awful. But again, this yeah. is 15 seconds after the last scene. Yeah. So oh you're just God. like, whatever. I guess this movie is... Awful. And then <laughs> 10 seconds later, we see that she's on the boat and there's a literal line. Yeah. Like a line. So and and it uh, implies that like the other girls didn't make a lot of money. She made a ton of money because she's beautiful. And so they beat her up and take her money and leave her unconscious in the street. And we will find out later that that's where Famke Jansen found her and yeah. took her to the palace. And again. This is only another 15 second scene or 20 second scene. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. So the last two minutes of the movie have more trauma than most people do in their whole lifetime. <laughs> yes. And it's so terrifying. Yes. But this is where we cut back to the house and Michelle from Dairy Girls brings her a drink and they have this like very brief conversation of like, I was thinking about my mother. What was she like? Beautiful, but shattered. You have a headache. She's like, yeah, ever since that farmer badgered me. And she says, no man is going to own me. And Michelle from Dairy Girls is like, um, I hate to break it to you, but like the house owns you here. Let me explain the harsh realities of capitalism. (laughs) Yes. Of how this establishment functions. And she's like, no. So she goes to see Famke Jansen and it's just like, I want my money. It belongs to me. I want to leave and buy a house. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. She actually says she wants to set up her own shop, sort of. Yeah. But she's like, I'm going to do it so far away it won't compete. Right. And Famke Jensen's like, "Mm, everything costs money. Like, do you like your life? Do you like where you live? All, All your clothes? And she's like, um, I eat rationed oatmeal for breakfast. You are dining on fine china. And this whole establishment is at my expense. I Like, how many people did I fuck to basically pay for you to have this cushy life? Yeah. And she's just like, well, you still owe us for your upkeep. Yeah. Basically, your debt. And she's like, but you're eating scones. Yeah. Delicious scones. She gets really specific about the scones. Hey, scones are delicious. She's like, those are the scones from the bakery down the street where John bakes it and they never bring it up again. Nope. And I was just like, that was a really specific <laughs> thing to bring up in the scene. Like, I bet John's going to come in later, but he doesn't. You told me he couldn't pay me in scones. Um, <laughs> he only brings me the scone dust. Oh, <laughs> she just puts it in that little compact <laughs> for someday. So she gets in a fight. She breaks a teacup. And so the bodyguard slash bouncer of the brothel. He's like the brothel muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Takes her to her room and beats the shit out of her. Yes. 
He beats her so bad she can't wait to accept a proposal. Well, meanwhile, back on the farm. Well, she definitely has a head injury because of this. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on the farm, Michael Jose was clearly rubbing one out and has like a spidey sense that she's in trouble. (laughs) He did have a tingly sensation. You think I'm joking? This is basically what happens in the film. Yeah, it is. Because he just rushes to town and runs upstairs without paying and finds her beat up, which there's no way he could have known except for maybe God telling him, but, you know. And how long has he been hearing voices? I just, I really think you two are really downplaying post-nut clarity. (laughs) 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 He rubbed one out and became, like, psychic for 10 seconds, and it was the perfect time. It's post-nut clairvoyance. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't nutted in so long that, like, he did it once and he could see the future. (laughs) He was doing no nut forever, and so (laughs) God was like, you've saved up enough for clairvoyance. just turn them in like pepsi points or something like that <laughs> you earned enough miles. <laughs> it's just like a. it looks more like the michelin man is there like mascot that comes in but it has like a like water droplet head but it's all white yeah just a, a cross between the michelin man and the fudge monster from Candyland. that is exactly what i was picturing yes Paige, I need you to write a script about post-nut clairvoyance. I'm not gonna. I don't understand. <laughs> what are you talking about? Coming this fall to ABC. <laughs> ABC? They would never show that. This is HBO or nothing. Let me pitch you something. It's about a squirrel who talks and they have to give it a nut and it is psychic. <laughs> I hate this bitch. (laughs) We had to clean it up for ABC, Mikey. (laughs) That's not my vision. But that right there is why network TV sucks. Yeah. (laughs) You're psychic for four seconds after you orgasm. And that is a funny (laughs) script. But how psychic how, though? Can you just read people's minds or can you see the future like Dead Zone? Well... I guess it depends. Like he's a he's a slacker who goes through life four seconds at a time to make money, but then he gets one night he's nutting it up, and then he gets the vision of the apocalypse. He's got to stop and figure it out by continuing to orgasm. This is the weirdest X Men comic I've ever heard. Paige, let him finish. <laughs> no, <laughs> let him finish is the name of the show. <laughs> this is just your version of sliders, but it's like cum sliders. <laughs> First off, technically there has to be a world that exists in the Sliders universe that would have that ability. In the multiverse somewhere, someone there has post-nut clairvoyance. Oh my goodness. Redeeming love. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, redeeming love. Redeeming love. (laughs) I just thought it's been a while since we've really broken down like a truly bonkers concept. This is so good. It only gets crazier, Mikey, because like- I know! So he shows up. She is beat up badly. Oh, yeah. Do you agree to marry me now? And Famke Jansen's like, shame that something happened to her face. It's a shame (laughs) she fell down the stairs a bunch. And hit every step on the way down. Yeah. Twice. Famke Johnson knows what film she is. Famke Johnson. Yeah. Jean Grey has the post-nut clarity to realize. Because she's like, I'm just going to phone this the fuck in. And she does. And I love it. She wears the same dress the entire movie. They filmed all of her scenes on the same day. I'm pretty sure. In the same tough shed. 
Anyway, he's like, well, I'm marrying her and taking her with me. And he turns to her very clearly head injured. And he's like, you want to get married? And she's just like, and he's like, that sounds like a yes. Here's some money. And I'm taking her off your hands. All right. So this is dark, but I think this actually explains how we knew that she was getting beaten up that night. And that is he arranged her to get beat up that night so that he could come in and save the day. There's no other way he would know. Dark. Yeah. But that checks out because when he turns to her, you do sort of hear him say, do you want to marry me or do you want to get beat again? Yeah. That's what he literally says. Like, basically. (laughs) It's terrible. And the movie plays it as if he's like, if you stay here, they're going to continue to hurt you. Which now... I have to rewrite my vows. <laughs> Mikey. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm just picturing you at the altar just being like, for better or, and then jerking went out, waiting a couple minutes, and then being like, worse. <laughs> Four seconds. I know we're going to last. I know it's going to be fine. <laughs> Anyway, he pays off her debt, which, by the way, is bullshit. The the idea that she owes them anything is crazy. But uh, she now I, I was like, so is she a slave now? Because like uh, Paige, marriage isn't slavery. Uh, it depends on who you're married to. That's what he says to her when she says that. And I was like, at this time, it's not not. Oof. Yeah, like slavery was worse for sure, but like women didn't have 100%. really any rights. And well, it, women are still viewed as property, and yeah. he purchases her as property. <laughs> we got to end that suffrage. No, yeah, we got to stop them from suffering so much, right, Mikey? Yeah, in the suffrage. God, I hate you. It is Women's History Month. <laughs> it is International Women's Day. Holy and you're making me talk about shit. this movie. That is hilarious that we are in Women's History Month and Mikey picked this. Hang on, let me see if I can find the most misogynistic rom-com to follow this piece of shit with. You guys owe me Starbucks gift cards or something. You're a girl boss hashtag? I think you're supposed to start with the hashtag, Mikey. I'm not on Mastodon. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think we all know that International Women's Day is like a Hallmark holiday. Wow. Fuck you. Wow, <laughs> Mikey. You guys owe me Starbucks gift cards <laughs> and a foot spa bath and some sort of bath fizzy. <laughs> And maybe a candy. A candy. I just want to remind the listeners that Mikey is single, lady. <laughs> when we arrive in Kansas City for Panic Fest, I plan to collect. I'm going to get you a candy, girl. My family has a new thing. We have this new thing where we, we buy my mom bath bombs for her presents a lot. Love it. But bath bombs now have like weird stuff that's in the middle that like just falls. Oh, I don't buy those kind. But yes, I've seen these. So we have a contest of who can buy the weirdest stuff that ends up at the end of the bath bomb. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Changed my mind. I'm completely yeah. on board. My middle brother always outdoes me. He's got like he's got, he's done like the baby Yoda. Like, he's like <laughs> it's all it's all <laughs> It's so funny. You see you guys see how I pivoted away from International Women's Day. Fuck you. Give me bath bombs. <laughs> my people were not allowed to vote for a long time. You owe me bath bombs. Okay. And I demand that the next movie have an Avenger shirtless. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I can deliver that, but it'll be close to that. God. Yeah. You come to me on the day of International Women's Day. Are you the godfather? <laughs> <laughs> I'm girl bossing to the max. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be good. I'm a mafia Donna. Okay, so I am sad to report because I just looked it up. 
that you will not see an Avenger or someone who was in an MCU movie. Is it at least somebody with cum gutters? So Paige, yes. Okay, okay, but okay. They also were going to play someone in the MCU, but that movie got scrapped. Oh. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Anyway, so he gets her back to the farm and has the ring on her finger whole nine and the house looks super cute. I personally don't think they're married just because... We never see it. There's no proof. She just wakes up with the ring on her finger and this weird dude telling her a story. Okay, first off, if you find a woman and you put a ring on it. I don't think that's what Beyonce, Beyonce was singing about. Beyonce said, I don't think, now you're no. married. I yes. knew you were going there. No, that is not. That's not what that song is about. If you oh, like oh, it oh, and no, you want no, it, no, you no, put no, a ring no, on no, it. No, this no. is Beyonce 316. Who run the world? Girls. International Woman's Day. <laughs> Look, Paige, I'll, con I'll concede that you're making 75 to 80% of a point. <laughs> we give birth to you and we can stop doing that anytime we want. Be my guest. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Fucking god. cold. That is the darkest joke I've ever laughed at. Oh my god. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I'm Fuck. So sorry. We're in a hellscape. Yeah. You let us into STEM and now we can make Skynet happen. Fuck you. <laughs> Taking you down with us. Oh, we haven't even gotten to faux Tom Hardy. We got to get there. I We got to get to fake Tom Hardy. Okay. So he's like, we're married. Wink, wink. Uh, here's a videotape to show you that I fell in love with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> because she has a head injury and would have no memory of it. Do you like my farm? And she's not beat up a little bit. She's beat up a lot of bit. You're right. A lot of bit. Yeah. That would have like broken bones in her face, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. The ring would have not fit on her finger because of the swelling. Yeah, very possibly. Anyway, she's getting up. She's like, cool. Thanks for bringing me here, but I'm going to go back to town. And yeah. he's just like... Yeah, you are not. Uh, it's 20 miles. You can't make it. But here are some ugly dresses for you to wear. And she's just like, <laughs> oh, gross. I look like an American girl doll and not the politically correct ones. Well, she technically says, were these your wife's dresses? And he's like, it was my sister. She died of a horrible horse kicking accident. That's true. <laughs> because people casually throw around the worst things ever every scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, she thought the horse was her friend and they did a bank job together, but then he double-crossed her and <laughs> shot her. Yeah, it wasn't a kick. <laughs> I'm making my own cannon the way Mikey does. <laughs> I'm down with it. That horse's name, Mr. Pink. At, at the end of that like heist, when they got back to like the place to divvy up the money, she was like, hey, man, good job. You want to get out of here? And he was like, nay. <laughs> and just shot her. But here's the crazy thing is that the story of the heist is always told out of order. So depending on which episode you start on, it'll put you somewhere different. Now you guys are getting it. They're starting to believe. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing it. They're using their imagination. Anyway, three weeks later, she's still wearing the ring and she sees him riding a horse out the window. So he's leaving. So she puts on one of the dresses. Yeah leaves the ring at home and she takes off to try and walk to paradise. Yeah. Uh, and he rides after her because he has a horse. He's like, these are way faster, idiot. <laughs> Dummy. Um, <laughs> here's some water. It, here's a, and here's a, like a wrap because it gets cold at night. Yeah. Have fun. It's 19 miles that way, or it's just one mile downhill back to the farm. I'll let you decide <laughs> and just leave. And again, this movie is like wanting me to like him for doing this. Right. And all he's doing is saying the same thing like, 
a prison guard at Alcatraz would say. Like, right. you're trapped here because there's 20 miles away and you could just stay here. Yeah, it's your choice. You could hang yeah. out in this privatized carceral system or <laughs> nowhere. It's a long swim back to shore. Yeah. yeah, but allegedly three people did it. Anyway, right. so she comes back to the house and he gives her a bowl of food and then washes her feet because remember, this is a vaguely religious movie <laughs> and that's a Jesus thing. But you can see it in her eyes. She was like, ah, oh, he's going to fuck these feet later. I mean, <laughs> maybe if they weren't completely disgusting. Foot stuff is extra. It's two whole dollars in gold rush money. Well, her feet are like, like leprosy feet at this. They I was look like, like that... Todd's feet. Yes. I mean, yeah, they're awful. Wow. Guys, her feet was way better than my feet. Yeah, it's true. They <laughs> yeah. were less hairy for sure. Well, I was like, that's a long mile walk that she went on to ruin her feet like that. I, I think she spent time deciding and started walking the other way and it ended up being like a four mile walk. <laughs> <laughs> she was legit lost on a one, like <laughs> one way road to town. Yes. Anyway. And he's not very good good at washing her feet he just like pours he like he just he, we barely see it i do i do think participating in your partner's self-care can be very intimate just like the hair washing scene in 50 shades but that is actually sort of sexy this is not sexy this is not so <laughs> yeah oh this is sexy this is 1840s sex city Ugh. He saw her ankles, bro. Oh, dude. But he basically is like, one mile can be a harder walk than 20. And I was like, factually, no. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but also no, sir. Also, that's easy to say from the top of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was downhill, but I guess I was just up here. Everything feels downhill when I own a horse. I'm a farmer. <laughs> And honestly, it is sort of downhill after the, you know, incestual suicide bit. Uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. We cut to like a time jump a little bit. We don't know how long it's been. A couple weeks, we would assume. But like the injuries are gone after that time jump. So I assume like maybe a month. Yeah, something. We know that it, it's at least like five weeks. Yeah. But uh, so she hasn't brushed her hair and she kind of like undoes her shirt and like leans against him. And he's like, please don't. Get away, devil woman. I'm only here <laughs> to make sure you bathe. Well, his whole thing is because she's like, I owe you. And he's like, I don't want our sex to be transactional yeah. is, is his thing. Yeah, I sort of got that. Which I, I get. Yeah. Anyway, this is where she tells him, like, my mom used to pray all the time and she fontined to death. So, like. <laughs> she lost the will to live. Yeah. What do you say to that, Jean Valjean? <laughs> I don't know that reference. We know. I think he'd be more Marius, though. Uh, well, the farmer is definitely Marius. I, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so the quilt game in this movie is on point, uh, but we see him like gardening tomatoes and this is where we get this like montage of him teaching her farm stuff, including plucking a chicken where he does the like thing that all romance movies do where a guy comes around behind and is like <laughs> working with your hand. Like, yeah, you but know, normally it's like putt putt golfing, except it's a dead chicken. <laughs> yeah, except it's a dead chicken. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, here, right here. I was like, no, no. Did you see you jerk all their feathers off before you boil them? Also boiling, ooh, roasted. Well, I don't know what they did in the olden days, Paige. They had ovens anyway. But her oven doesn't work, Paige. That's why they can never be together. That's very cold. It's so dumb. I so hated that part. Well, my favorite part was like right before that. He's like, he's like, all these eggs, these eggs are yours. <laughs> yeah. 
He's trying to like sell her on the amenities. As far as the eye can see, as many eggs as the light touches. As you want. Your eggs are everything the light touches. Oh, I guess you guys just didn't see the scene where he came in and she was eating a carrot and he was like, no, only eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Raw eggs. And then she just puts one in each cheek and she's just like, I'm sorry. We're bulking today. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to her carrying a log through the snow, just like getting strong. You can't laugh at that, Todd. You have to watch the Rocky movies. I get the reference, though. I'm going to go see Creed 3 this weekend and both cry and be incredibly aroused. Tell Jake I said hello. They're gorgeous. Everyone in that movie is gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, at the end of this montage, it seems like she kind of likes him. Yeah, sure. But she does have a nightmare about Duke, who we will find out has gone and burned the brothel in town. Yes. You know, competition. A little competition. But she doesn't <laughs> want to talk about the nightmare. So he walks her out in the middle of the night to go watch the sunrise. Which may be the most annoying thing a partner could do to me on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I would be livid. And he's like, get up. We're going for a walk. And she's like, I'm asleep. And she's like, I don't care. Get up. I've got farm chores in two hours, asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> My alarm is set for literally three hours from now why the, do we have to go the rooster is set for three hours from now yeah, there's no <laughs> snooze button on the rooster uh, there is but you have to pluck it <laughs> <laughs> oh i thought you just had to hard reset it by putting your finger in its mouth and butt it's not a furby <laughs> anyway <laughs> they they go watch the sunrise and he's like this is what i want to offer you he literally like mufasa's her just everything the light yes. touches in this valley and he's like just give me a chance and she's just like if you knew half of what i did you'd send me right back and he's like no and i'm like now nah, you would about though. the dad thing yeah, like you would <laughs> like bro you probably would i'm not saying you should i'm just saying like she went through with it. Like, she didn't... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, here's the thing. Horrible trauma, sex work aside, yeah. it's the dad thing. <laughs> You're just like, oh. <laughs> you wouldn't, like, hey, I get that, like, maybe she's forced to be there, but I do sort of think if she walked up to her room and turned around and been like, listen, I didn't tell you downstairs in front of everybody, but I have met you before. I'm your daughter. My my, my mother's died. I, you know, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't think he would have been like, I don't care. We're still doing I it. Yeah, like, no. I think he would have been like, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I don't necessarily think he would have tried to help her necessarily, but I don't think he would have gone through with it. Yeah, yeah Clearly, because yeah. he takes his own life. Here's, yeah. here's the scene I wanted. <laughs> Tell me about what this conversation makes you want another scene about it. I wanted Michael Hosea washing her feet. And she's like, I got to tell you something that happened with my family. (laughs) Because the movie shows us, but she never tells anyone about all this. Man, I mean, some secrets you don't have to share. I mean, if you're comfortable, share them. If you're not, don't. Yeah. And that's a big one. That's a big one. Oof. Anyway, so he's like, no, you like you didn't choose. And she's like, I chose to die, which is basically she baited. Not this is terrible. He beat her up and that was not okay. Right. But it is implied that she a doesn't fight and B kind of tries to make him angry because she wanted to die, which is. Yes. First of all, 
kind of victim blamey, but also terrible. And like, I mean, I don't think that that's you victim blame blaming. That right. is the movie doing that. Yes, you were that's just what explaining yes. what the movie's. Do- yeah. Okay. Good. Correct. And but he, he says, "Well, do you still want to die?" And she's like, "No, but I don't know why I'm here." And he's just like, "Because you're my wife." Yeah. Well, and she says, "You won't even." And what she's about to say is like, "You don't even touch me, basically." Sure. Because he has literally, like, we do see him going to take secret cold like river baths yeah, and like stuff cold in the middle of the night more or less yeah we've all been there uh and and he's just like i've just been waiting and kisses her they get back to the house and this is where they go all out but then i had the thought he's probably a virgin right yeah, i would assume so yeah and they went stand-up wall sex for the first time like well back then the beds weren't comfortable so stand-up wall <laughs> sex was probably true standard sex you know <laughs> Well, they end up on the bed where they're very weirdly positioned to avoid any nudity. Yeah. No, I love just laying with a woman, cupping her breasts and never moving. (laughs) (laughs) It honestly is like when they're transitioning down to the bed. So it looks like he's pushing her by the boob, which made me laugh. (laughs) I mean, I get why they did it, but it still made me giggle. Yeah. There are other ways to shoot that, too. Like, yeah. like that was not their only option. It was just a very no, strange choice. It's just choice. a very strange choice. You could have just cut to them in bed. You didn't have to show me anything. Yeah. yeah. It's, the movie doesn't make any sense. You have this cool special effect with bourbon pulling on water, <laughs> wow, which is cooler than most horror, horror movies that I see. He's still on the fucking bourbon eye. And then you jump to the bed where he's like, I give you my eggs. You give me your eggs. <laughs> your <Wait>. chest eggs. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Did you refer well, to he probably doesn't know where babies come from, so I'm sure he said something as stupid as that. I hate that. <laughs> anyway, I just have in my notes, this would be super hot if it wasn't also so weird. Heard that. It's not super hot. I kind of, I mean, was, I was like, oh, I kind of feel their chemistry. But then I'm like, oh. no, this movie's too weird. And against the wall, I was feeling it. And then it gets to the bed where he's like pushing her by the boob. And I'm like, nope. He's like, it feels like a bag of sand. <laughs> bag of <laughs> egg sand. There's no way he lasted for a second position. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His first time. Yep. So we cut to some scraggly gold miner who stops at his sister's grave and he's crying and we're like, oh, this is the husband. So he like shows up at the house. Yeah, like the brother-in-law. Tess's husband. Yeah. It's not Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy? Yeah. Logan, Marshall Green? Face? Yeah, Logan Marshall Green, who I love. I think he's a great actor. I think he's great too. Yes. I wish he got better work than this. I wish we would have watched Upgrade today instead of this on International <laughs> Woman's Day. Uh, he upgrades this film page. Anyway, so he shows up at the house and he recognizes her and is just like, um, I'm sorry. Did you marry the highest priced sex worker in town? And he's just like, yeah. And he's like, um, what? me confused because he's also an asshole and would have absolutely and we do find out he tried to do the lottery a bunch of times never got to sleep with her yeah but even though he was comfortable paying for her services he was he still is looking down on her Paige, him looking down on her in this moment is not the worst thing he does but it is terrible yeah and and he asks her because he waits for his brother to go outside and he's like, how did you trick him? Yeah. Basically. And she's like, I didn't. He came and paid for my time. And he's like, he found me unconscious and married me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, I guess you could take you out of the whorehouse, but it's, it doesn't make you a proper lady. And she's like, well, the whore is in this house now. And I was like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. she's right. It's her house now. It is. Like. Those are my eggs. You can't have any <laughs> eggs. All of the eggs that the light touches are mine. <laughs> 
That's why I made an egg perimeter around the farm. I feel like if he had never shown up to the farm, she would have just stayed. I think probably. Oh, I don't know. Because he puts like the seed of doubt in her, I think. He put a lot of seed in her. Oh. Well, so he goes out to the farm to talk to his brother and is just like, hey, uh, I don't know if you know, but and he's just like. No, I know. Like, I, I paid for her time. We talked. And now we're married because I kidnapped her while she was unconscious. <laughs> Which, like, I understand that side of the conversation because they are like brothers. And he's like, hey, you should know this about the person you married. The second Michael Hosea says, oh, no, I already knew. Like, I knew before we got married. Yeah. That's, that should be the end of it. Right. He's like, no, I made her fall in love with me every day. <laughs> for three days. And then I paid a man to beat her up so she'd come with me. What's the constitutional amendment for women's voting rights? 19. Before the 19th Amendment, Michael Hosea is definitely operating off the law of finders, keepers. Yeah. Finders, keep her. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, brother's going to go to town and Michael sends him with supplies and the cart and everything. He's like, go to town, get right, and then come back when you're willing to not be a dick to my wife. And you're just like, oh, all right. But Michael Hosea comes inside to tell Angel, hey, he's going into town. Do not listen to him. I love you. I don't care. I want to build a life and have children with you. Yeah. And this is where we get her flashback where we find out that she had a force she was forced to undergo an abortion against her will yes yep. uh, and it is implied that they attempted to sterilize her forcibly as well yep. however science at the time maybe not exact uh it's not like in the witcher <laughs> where they're turning Yennefer into a beautiful witch and they just hold her uterus up against the fire and you're just like, wow, you just snatched that right out with salad tongs, huh? Oh, all right. That's called magic, Paige. <laughs> yeah, magic. That is one of the few ways this movie is different from The Witcher. But again, <laughs> this movie, which we've gone a good 15 minutes without a trauma, immediately cuts to very to trauma, trauma. trauma. Super, yes. super For trauma. 10 seconds and then you you're back in the scene you're like what you're like table of forceps she's struggling on the bed back to the the house and you're like what oh my god what yeah so but it's implied that she cannot have children or at least that is what she believes, she believes about that, yeah. her medical status right anyway that's what she was told oh and i fully believe they tried to do that it i think just, they tried I think they failed yeah i mean yeah i mean duke is a villain of the yes. highest order so i would not put that past him like that wouldn't be the worst thing he does in this movie absolutely and so it's fucking horrific yeah. She runs and gets into the carriage with Paul uh, and is like, can you please take me to town? Yeah. And he's like, you're running away from a brother. And she's like, it's not your business. You wanted me gone. I'm going to be gone. Yeah. And he's like, all right, get in the carriage. So they stop for lunch and he eats. He gives her some water and some food. And he's like, how did you guys really meet? And she's like, look, I I'm telling you, he did show up and talk to me or whatever. And he's like, well, cool, because you owe me for the ride. Yeah. And they go through with it. Like, I thought she would be like, fuck it. I'll just walk back to the house or whatever. Yeah, something. But no, you know. like, I would rather walk 20 miles than blow some dude behind a tree. Yeah. Well, and, and we don't know exactly what happens because we don't know if she's just spitting or if she's throwing up because she's disgusted by yeah, what happened. Yeah, we don't see the sex act takes place. Yeah. But we see him, like, buttoning up his pants and shit. Yeah. Like, Clearly something happened. Yes. And he does take her to town, but then lets her out on the outskirts of town. And he's like, I don't, don't want to be, be seen, seen with you. you. 
And she's like, well, I don't pretend to be anything but what I am, but you are pretending to be a good brother. You took his money, his wagon, and then his wife. So fuck you, basically. Yeah. Ugh. So she goes to the Tough Shed Village and the palace <laughs> is burned to the ground. And the bartender from the palace is like, oh, I got a new place. Come on over. And she finds out that two of her friends, uh, Myling and Lucky, are dead. Yeah. So she, grieving her friends, goes to this whiskey place. I guess the Lucky movie will have to be a prequel. Yeah. She's not lucky. No, no. she was very unlucky. I think they just called her Lucky because she was Irish. Yeah. But she goes to the Murphy's bar and he's like, I've got a room upstairs. You can be back in business in five minutes if you say the word. We'll figure out the cut. And she says, 50-50, they pay me, I pay you. That way she has control over the money. Right. It is a better deal than what she had with uh, Duchess. Right. And it would allow her to skim off the top a little bit easier. Sure, yeah. And she says, uh, and he says, fine, but I get what I want whenever and it's free. Yeah. Which is, ugh. So we cut back to the farm. His brother comes back to unload supplies. And he's like, you took her back. And he's like, she asked me to. And I tried to warn you. Uh, and he says, go home before I kill you with my bare hands. And at first, I thought his brother was about to be like, oh, yeah, well, we fucked. But instead, he just rides the horse home. Yeah. And I definitely think Faux Hardy could have won in a fist fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael Jose is not like a tough looking no. dude. Yeah. No. And Faux Tom Hardy's not a chicken. No. That yeah. he could just roast and pluck. No. When they're on screen together, it looks like an actor that they have edited out of a 1950s western with an actor from a modern western looking at each other <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah very accurate so michael joseo rides into town runs upstairs checks each door throws a guy out of the way gets to her room and just says do you want to stay here and she says no and so he fights off three drunk dudes because he's also somehow john wick who knows karate i love this scene because it's so bad like the fight is so bad when you see them ride home page like they get in the wagon and they like ride away he had a rifle in the wagon yeah so he left the rifle. that's how confident this five foot eight man was in his fighting <laughs> ability Shark in King. a brothel look michael hosea He's a lot of things, but confident is definitely one of the things he is. I think overconfident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're riding home and she's like, did Paul tell you? And he says he didn't have to. He had guilt all over his face. And she was just like, why didn't you just leave me there? And he says, because I love you. So they get home and we do see him in the barn crying, which yeah. is kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, like, it is very sad. Yeah. These eggs were yours. Well, she, we cut to her washing herself in the river, like washing herself almost bloody. Yeah. She is. She's like open, yeah. like so, like sores on her skin, like rubbed off her skin with like rocks from the yeah. stream or whatever. Yeah. So she's, she's scrubbing herself bloody. But listeners, this is literally a minute and a half after she had a sexual act with Michael Hosea's brother. This movie comes at you with this stuff like a freight train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he says, I forgive you. And they have this conversation about like how he, his personal demon was his father, who was a plantation owner that they disagreed with. Oh. Because he wanted to free all the slaves. Yeah. And it's out of nowhere. It's so wild. And then we find <laughs> out that his dad was like, well, I want to show you the benefits of slave ownership. So he sends like a child to Michael Hosea's room and Michael then like leaves. Like he like that's yeah. that's too much. So and I realize that that's a terrible act. 
But like, yes, he was going to free all of the slaves in this plantation. And now he just ran away from that. So those people are never going to be free. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also I'm like, well, where did your brother come from? Wait, what? That's his brother. Oh, that's right. That's right. Did he take his sister with him? Yes, he must have, right? Yeah. Because that's Tess is Michael's sister. Brother-in-law. Right, right, yeah. right. So that's the stuff they should have included in the movie that they probably could have cut from the book. Like, you could have taken from the book and included in the movie and cut some of this weird stuff you know what i'm saying well he also his whole point to the story is you have to leave behind what you were born into to be what you were meant to be and what he's trying to say to her is like your trauma does not define your future yeah but it's a very different story like it's not they're not equal they're completely different right. things <laughs> she was like i was sex trafficked when i was nine i had to live a life in sex work because i was trafficked and kidnapped and held against my will and he's like my dad was very mean and super rich <laughs> And oh man, it was rough being so privileged. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we cut to they, she gets better at being a farm person. And they come upon a family who are wagon training across the country and they broke a wheel. So they kind of invite them into their farmhouse. Yeah. They're all kind of living on the land together. They give them the house. They're sleeping together in the barn. Well, that's because the the mom in that family is like super is, pregnant, is pregnant, right? Yeah. So they're like, you guys take the house until the baby comes or whatever. Uh, but they're like super accommodating. Right. And like the, the mom has the baby. Paul, the brother, comes back and asks forgiveness and she's like, that doesn't change anything. I was like, yeah, that doesn't change much. Like, this is fucking weird. It is super weird because Michael's wife's rapist comes back and he's like, well, I forgave him. So he's going to be around a lot. So yeah. you may want to get cool with that. Yeah. That is insane. It's crazy. And then there's a weird sing-along in the middle of the movie. Yeah. It's like Steve Martin stopped by and we had a banjo sing-along for no reason. I mean, I call this the best part of the movie. <laughs> Interesting that the part you enjoy most is what technically makes this movie a musical. That's why I picked it. I'm trying to like meet you guys halfway. Bless your beautiful I appreciate your sacrifice. Uh, anyway, there is a young girl in the family. And by young girl, I mean uh, like older teen. Like she's not a girl, not yet a woman. I got like 15 or 16. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. Yeah. But so she kind of befriends Angel a little bit. And Angel's honest with her, which I thought was yes. interesting and also great because yeah. she was like, hey, how did you and Michael meet? And Angel's like, well, he saved me from a life of sex work in town. Yeah. And she she like laughs a little bit and she's like, oh God, you're serious. I'm so sorry I laughed. Well, yeah. let me tell you about my father. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, while the family is there, she sees Michael Hosea playing with the baby. Yeah. And is, he clearly is like, I want one of these. And she's like, hey, uh, can I talk to you alone for a minute? You want children. I can't have them. And he's like, you can't know that. And she's like, no. Uh, so like I got pregnant once and they had a doctor make sure that it couldn't happen again. So I'm pretty sure medically can't wasn't by choice. So sorry. Yeah. And he's like, well, I love you. Nothing's going to change that. And if it had ended there, I would have been like, great. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. Stay. But he's like, but nothing's impossible. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no. Some things might be, and you need to love people regardless. I really do hope when he was like, I love you, I want to be with you. He was like, whether we have kids or not. He did not say that, nope. but hopefully that was the vibe. And I do think, I mean, it's the fucking 1850s. Doctoring ain't what it used to be, you know? Like, right, right. It's very possible she could still have kids, and they obviously do at the end. So like, yeah. yeah. But she then basically is like, 
let's have a fun day before I leave you <laughs> because she basically makes them dinner. They go to the hilltop where they saw the sunrise. They have sex outside where there's bugs. Yeah. But I mean, like it was the wild West man. Like yeah. shit was gross every way, but she leaves a letter in the ring to the teenage girl. When I realized that she was writing that note and giving the ring to the teenage girl, I was like, I hate this so yeah. much. Like I understand if you're leaving somebody and you know, it's his mom's ring. Like you'd give, it back to him you know yeah but like that's not what she does <laughs> well and the the idea that she would just be like i'm gonna match make the two of you it's like you don't even know if he likes her <laughs> like this is i know even if you're even if this was a sound plan well she learned it from him you know you mean just like Looking not even asking being... yeah just <laughs> yeah. forcing people to marry people uh-huh. so she gets a ride with a bucket man uh to san francisco where she finds a an inn that needs a cook basically for their little cafe. Yeah. And the guy that she's interviewing with, Virgil Harper, is just like, you can stay in the cook's quarters and it's got a nice lock on the door. Basically being like, I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah, and he seemed like, a gr- honestly, a great guy. Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's part of why, because it burns down because Duke f- sees her through the window. Yeah. Yeah, so Dr. Strangler uh, burns <laughs> it down and we get cuts back and forth to Michael Hosea just being like, Lord, let me go after her. And it's like, Nothing is stopping you. Just saying. This is the part of the movie where the movie is like, we need to see that she has chosen a life with Michael. Yes. And like, I get that this time period was terrible for women, but like, At the end of this movie, I'm like, okay, it's like logically it makes sense that she would go back because this is maybe her best of really bad choices. Safest bet. Yeah. Well, I think she was happy at that Magdalene house or I mean. Yeah. Happy-ish. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of good options is my only point. Like, no, no one did back then as a woman. This movie and a lot of, I mean, some of these books too, like. I feel like this movie does not fully understand women as sexual beings at all, where for women, sex is transactional at all times, where it's like something that you have to do to keep people happy, as opposed to being something you might enjoy on your own. So like, yeah, I think the movie especially is just like, I think they're just like, she'd be fine never having sex again. Yeah, but Paige, that's one of the more subtle, toxic ideas this movie has. Yeah. And that's yes. a terrible one. And that is like one of the, the least, least troubling, troubling things about this, this movie. movie. Yeah. That is fair. So we cut through. They're going, we cut to, they're going through the ashes. And Duke shows up and is just like, mm, if you don't come with me now, we're going to kill that nice guy. And she's like, no. Okay. Not the nice guy whose name I sort of forgot. Virgil is his name. That's right. Uh, so they go to Duke's new brothel that has like a stage show. And he's like, I got to get you cleaned up because you're my like, fanciest sex worker now and as he's talking to her she sees that there's a little girl in his bed which is just like oh yeah skin crawl super bad i would not want to act in this role like i would turn this role down yeah i don't know anyway she's kind of fights with him a little bit and he basically tells you know the strangle guy he's like if she tries to leave again kill her Meanwhile, he goes next door with the girls and she just hears them screaming. It is so troubling. Yes. Just like, ugh. And she is like, she like loses her mind a little bit because it's like so triggering for her. Yes. Like it, yeah, this scene was like hard to watch. It was bad. Well, yeah. and, and this is where she prays where she's just like, if not for me, for those girls, like they need you. Yeah. And so 
the, and we get a flashback of her diving after the necklace. Yeah, this is the montage because this is like cut yeah. between her about to go on stage, right? And like th- then her swimming towards the amulet. What is it? The cross necklace. That's what it's it is. like a cross the necklace. Cross. Yeah. yeah, and then like her praying and stuff. So it's like it's the whole she gets faith again moment, right? And she sees her mom, who's just like, "Tell them the truth, darling." And I was like, "What is she going to do? Like her one woman show? Like what's good?" <laughs> and they don't even give her a thing to do on stage. They're just like presenting angel and then they just leave her on stage I know, right? alone she's the most beautiful woman in california she actually is sort of built that the way time, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah i thought it would have been really funny if like when she is like telling the truth she's like duke has two girls locked up in his room that he sexually assaults and like no one says anything and then she keeps talking if like we saw like a big like Kane come out and try and pull her off stage. See, I was waiting for her to get up there and be like, dating is so hard, right? Ladies! Someone lights a candle in the back. She's like, ah, they're giving me the sign. I gotta wrap up. They're giving me the light. I got but this is where she she says to the audience, uh, he fancies little girls, he's got two locked away, and he abuses them till they'll do anything to survive. He bought me when I was eight. I escaped at 17, and he's forced me to come back here. And the audience is like, we're bad people, but we're not that bad. But Okay, Mikey, it is the 1800s in a brothel. I was like, "You are we really going to act like half the guys in the audience weren't like, yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> like, this is the only one that has children. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, none of them care, Paige. She tells them all of this and Duke just comes out and gets her and drags her off stage. Only one guy cared about her story. That's all you needed. Well, I I was like, even when they revealed that they were there were girls there, I was like, I think they're there for the girls. Like, like this is it is Same. old times and it is bad and dark and they probably were there for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's not positioned that way though, because when the one guy goes back and helps her and she gets the keys from Duke and lets the girls out and starts running out, and then the audience members see the little girls and they're like oh shit duke is a pedophile we mm-hmm. have to immediately kill duke and they do and they do yes <laughs> todd you have jumped over one of the crazier things in this film please tell me everything uh, a magical person of color who shows up has no lines and no name he is only there to free and further the stories of the white people and yeah. then he just disappears into the crowd yeah and i was like what he's the one person that believes her and actually goes to help Yeah, and actually goes to help, but like has no name, no care. By the way, the only two characters of color in the film, total film, this guy with no lines, no name, and the woman who shook her at the beginning, that's it. That is it. So she runs the girls off stage. They go and hang Duke. And we then just cut to three years later in San Francisco. I thought that was wild. Like three years? Three years. I thought for sure she was going to take those two little girls back to the farm. Me too. And they were going to raise those two girls and that would be their family. That would have been a sweet ending. It would have really been a sweet ending. Yeah. But no. We have to do something bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) because three years later in San Francisco, Paul is there and he follows her to the house of Magdalena. Although in my mind, she brought those girls to the house of Magdalena and they're there too and safe. We just don't see that on screen. Yeah, and it's definitely house of Magdalena named after Mary Magdalene for sure. But yes, I do think those two girls are there. So Paul shows up and he's just like, hi, I followed this girl here. Her name was Angel. I saw her come in yesterday. 
And she shows up in the doorway and is like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what is this place? And she's like, it's for people like me who want a different kind of life and have yeah. been abused in this very specific way. It's the opposite of a brothel, more or less. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, well, do you go back to, you know, do you, are you around the farm? How's Michael? Yeah. You ever see my husband? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and he reveals that the teenage girl is, is now pregnant and she's like, oh, that's wonderful news. So you'll have to build an addition. And he's like, no, 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 that's, she's my wife. Yeah. Not his. And she's just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Who would want to marry you? Yeah. yeah. She's like, I told her to marry him. Right. And he's like, yeah. And. She's like, I, cause I couldn't have kids. That's why I fucking left. And yeah. he was like, I was wrong about you. Will you forgive me? And she's like, I already did. That was hella years ago. But like, what the fuck happened while I was gone? <laughs> and so he's like, come back with me. My carriage leaves at four. And it's implied that she misses the carriage. But of course, we get to the farm. She's back. Yeah. And they are going to be together. Aww. Uh, But we cut to another time jump. We don't know how long it is. Where she is pregnant and they have a kid. And... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. She tells him her real name, which she hasn't told anybody. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's the, movie. the movie. This is honestly the first movie I've seen that honors the naming tradition, which is on your fourth wedding anniversary, you can finally tell your spouse your first name. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Just so you know, my real name is Crap Bag. You know, like a bag of crap. <laughs> we changed it from Shit House. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so having seen this movie Having talked about this movie So what did you guys think about it? It's hard to believe that this movie exists This movie is so bad At depicting positive anything Or how to effectively navigate trauma Or the seriousness of trauma to people it, like, It's so heavy handed and weird About the way it handles everything that happens To Angel Sarah That it just becomes Not even a real film It is so bizarre I'm gonna say first of all how dare you? Secondly, <laughs> why? No, this this is terrible. And it's really offensive in the way that it handles not only uh, women's sexuality, sex work, trauma, like all of it. Literally anything it tries to touch, it does yeah. badly. <laughs> yes. And this movie came out in 2022. And oh. it feels like it came out in 1962. Yes. I would rather watch Seven Brides for Seven Me Brides. Me too. At least we get that barn raising scene. Come on. Yeah. That on shit's a them set sobbing, piece. Sobbing women. <laughs> it is probably, objectively, one of the worst romantic movies I've ever seen. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. This has significantly more sexual assault than I think any other romantic movie I've ever seen. Oh, uh, this is tied with Outlander and not like one episode or one season all of, all Outlander. of Outlander which by the way people consistently complain about the amount of sexual assault in Outlander so if that bothers you don't watch this movie because in two and a half hours you will get five and a half seasons worth of Outlander assaults it's bad it's bad yeah I don't think anyone should watch this movie I don't think anyone should have made this movie but yeah while watching it I was like this is gonna be fun to talk about and it was Paige do you have any fun facts for us <laughs> no honestly pretty much no <laughs> there's literally none except that they filmed this in South Africa <laughs> really 
Interesting. I know, which it, it looks like California. I don't know. What is this, Out of Africa, a much better romantic movie with Robert Redford? Yes. But yeah, no, there's pretty much nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just move to box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Redeeming Love? I'm upset by this, but I'm going to say $120 million. Oh, no. whoa. Shit, oh, my God. That is like high. Avengers level money, Paige. Well, because you, you made it sound like it was bad, like the Netflix movies that cost $200 million for no reason. I think it is definitely... 45 to 50 million. I, okay, so I may have all oversold it, but like in my okay. mind, Invisible Man was made more years ago than this and for yeah, seven for million seven. dollars. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. movie that looks like I shot it myself <laughs> cost 30 million dollars. That's not that bad considering the amount of costumes and tough sheds that they had to buy. Yeah. That's an insane level of money. I mean, I guess they just pay, had to really pay all their actors to do this. Well, yeah, and plus multiple locations. It's a two, it's two hours and 15 minutes of like 16, 17 different locations. Yeah. Everyone's in period costume. You've got named actors in it. That doesn't surprise me. 30 mil makes me think they didn't pay the actors enough, given how many of them there are. Yeah. But anyway, so this movie premiered on January 21st, 2020. It was fourth in the theaters the week it came out. It went to theater stuff? Sadly, yes. I just expected this to stream on the 700 Club or some shit like that. <laughs> I didn't even know it was in theaters. Yeah. It was beat by the number one movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah. Number two was Scream. Wait, was it Five Cream? Yeah, it was Five Cream. It was, yes. Five Cream, okay. Yeah. Uh, number three was Sing 2. Number four, of course, was Redeeming Love. And number five was The Kingsman. Ooh. What do you think Redeeming Love <laughs> made that weekend, the weekend of January 21st, 2022? Six million dollars. Twelve million dollars. Uh, okay, so the number one movie made 14. The number two movie, Scream, made 12 million dollars. Redeeming Love made 3.5 million dollars. <laughs> Appropriate. This is still like big COVID times, right? No, no. this is 2022. No, I saw No Way oh. Home. I saw Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters. Yeah. So the movie was in theaters for another six weeks to so seven weeks total. It was number four its second week and then seven its third week. And that was never in the top 10 after that. But what do you think it made domestically in the box office? Oh, I'm going to say like 52 million Confederate <laughs> banknotes. Or whatever that was. What does that convert to in today's dollars? Oh, I don't know. Oh, if like, they're Confederate notes, it's zero dollars because they lost. Uh, eighteen million. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I'm gonna say twelve still. So you're both high. It is nine point <laughs> two million dollars. It then made another, and I love this fact, $45,000 internationally oh my God. for a total of $9.25 million. Was it in one theater? This movie lost so much money. That checks out. And not to mention the dignity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a very big box office bomb right here. Oh, my God. I mean, the one, like, silver lining to this cloud is that they probably won't adapt more of her books. Why would they? Like, oh. there are production companies that we saw the intros for that we'll never see again because of this movie. Yeah, because they went bankrupt on this movie. Good. Yes. Oh, my but God. But that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale? Yeah, it's a scale of 1 to 10 of how romantic we found the film today. I'm going to go ahead and skip this segment and say we all give it a 1. Um, 
one is generous. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our romance scale. Yeah. The trauma scale is a 10. 10. And 10. For ten. Sure. Uh, unhealthy messages is also, also like a 9.5 out of 10. 10. Don't, 10. Just don't watch this movie. Don't honestly tell people about this movie. Like, just let this movie die. It is international women's day <laughs> the cost of my emotional labor for watching this movie is seven and a half bath bombs please be prepared next we meet they don't sell them in halves not since last time that sounds like a you problem not a me problem sounds like someone's gonna have to round up i'll round down so this week mikey you made us watch redeeming love mm-hmm. next week it's my turn and i I'm going to pick a movie I have not seen before, but God dang it. I did some research. <laughs> Pulling a Todd. You know how I do. I actually did some research this time. I watched a trailer. I like okay. Googled That's some not... wild shit and found right. a movie that I honestly was shocked slipped through my fingertips in early 2012. And okay. that is a Channing Tatum, Rachel McAdams, The Vow. Oh, oh, I've seen the vow like vow. way back in the day. <laughs> I never, I never even heard of it. And I watched the trailer and I was like, this has to happen immediately. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. I'm just honestly more excited that we'll probably see Channing Tatum shirtless. That's always a plus for me. And that's why I said he wasn't in the MCU because he was supposed to play Gambit, but didn't because that movie never happened. That's right. You know who would play a good Gambit? Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Faux Tom Hardy. Yeah, he oh, would. Yes. Yeah. Put him in any superhero thing. I'm down. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So your homework for next week is to get wine drunk and just really appreciate the fact that I let you watch a Channing Tatum movie. Yay. And then check back for that episode. Yay. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, I'm still traumatized from the movie. Well, honestly, I don't blame you. This is the first time I'm not upset you didn't do your job. But while you do your job, let me tell them how they're going to have their review run on the podcast, and that's to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Cosmic Okami. What does Cosmic Okami have to say? Can I get you C-words a review? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. Tell me more. I'm an Amazon driver, so I'm by myself for about 40 hours a week. Oof. Yeah. And I spend all that time binging episodes. Nice. I can't tell you guys how often I'm either giggling like a schoolgirl or scream laughing while I'm at someone's front door making a delivery. I'm sure there's a lot of silly footage of you on ring cameras out there in the wild. (laughs) So I'm sure I probably look like a crazy person to a lot of my customers, but it's worth it. Love you guys (laughs) and keep up the great work. Five stars. Well, Cosmic Okami, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. 
except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a PO box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a PO box, it's actually not a PO box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's, 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. No, I don't like that either. I'm not going to say anything weird in this time because I just feel like. Yeah, what's your pickup line going to be for this movie, Mikey? I wish I would have had post-nut clairvoyance to never have watched this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, Mikey. Bye. Post-nut clairvoyance coming to ABC this fall. (laughs) (laughs) What?